Good morning, Nashville. I'm Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, September 25th. Hot damn, boys and girls. It is game day in the SEC. The best conference in America finally returns to action this weekend with a complete slate of games featuring all 14 teams in the league. It's been, after doing some quick checking here, roughly 4,872 days since an SEC football game actually took place, which of course was when the LSU Tigers beat Clemson in the national championship on January 13th. So fire up the smoker, pour the brown water, take off your pants, and settle in for 12 hours of nonstop SEC magnificence on Saturday. The glorious day of conference action is bookended by probably the best three games of the day. The 11 a.m. slot features number 23 Kentucky traveling to number 8 Auburn and number 5 Florida visiting Lane Kiffin and the Rebels in Oxford. The final game of the day features number 16 Tennessee heading down to South Carolina at 6.30 p.m. In between, we've got the defending national champs, number 6 LSU, hosting Mike Leach and the Mississippi State Bullpuppies in his SEC head coaching debut on the 2.30 CBS Game of the Week. In the thoughts and prayers section of the day, number four, Georgia visits Arkansas at 3 p.m. Number two, Alabama heads to Missouri at 6 p.m. And number 10, Texas A&M hosts Vanderbilt at 6.30. I honestly don't really have anything to say. I mean, there isn't much anyone needs to say. That's how nice it feels to be able to rattle off a schedule of Southeastern Conference football games. The SEC is back, and we should all just enjoy every second of every game that we get, regardless of how many or when they happen. The 10-game conference slate is spectacular. No margin for error, no time for warm-up, no break to host Sister Mary's School for the Blind in mid-November. Just three straight months of nothing but raw, unadulterated SEC action. We have tons of in-depth analysis on all these teams and games over at the Fringe Element, a 440 Sports new SEC football podcast featuring yours truly and good friend Aaron Dugan. We got all kinds of insight from Cole Kubelik, Chris Doring, and Dari Noka on our debut episode if you want to dive deeper, and I know that you all want to do that, so please go check it out, and of course, rate, review, and subscribe. That's right. But my message today on this pod to all of you SEC fans is really just to enjoy this bizarre 10-game layout because it likely isn't ever going to happen again. Embrace the scheduling quirkiness. This year, should all the games happen, will be like World War I trench-style warfare every single Saturday. And he who has the most dudes standing at the end is likely going to win it all. And yes, that's probably Alabama. But this league right now has eight ranked teams, five or six of which think that they can make a legit run at the college football playoff, and they basically are all going to play each other. It is going to be complete and utter chaos, and we get to kick back and watch it play out in all of its glory. If you ever wanted to know what a shit-eating grin actually sounds like, now you do, because I'll be going low and slow Saturday in my happy place. The Titans are 2-0 for the first time since 2008 after two game-winning field goals over Denver and Jacksonville to start the year. Yes, you heard that right, field goals. This Sunday, the Titans are shooting for their third straight win to start the year on the road against Minnesota at noon. The 0-2 Vikings have been atrocious through two weeks, are banged up, and the Titans' offense looks basically invincible. Now, I'd like to think that professional athletes who get paid millions of dollars to not overlook opponents would be immune to the trap game effect. But typically, when NFL teams are backed into a corner like the way Minnesota is right now, they come out swinging pretty hard. The Titans should be able to score plenty on the banged-up Vikings defense with the balance of Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. The real concern should fall on the other side of the ball. The pass rush isn't getting home, and the Tennessee secondary has had some of its own injuries to worry about. 
Vikings offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak is a pro's pro when it comes to play calling and scheme, and Kirk Cousins has no issue slinging it all around normally. After attempting just 51 passes through two weeks, the second fewest in the NFL, I would look for the Vikings to totally change the game plan in an effort to shake themselves out of this funk and capitalize on where the Titans are hurting on defense. Like, say, getting off the field on third downs. The Titans are second to last in the NFL after allowing the opposing offenses to convert on more than 56% of third downs in the first two games. This means it's up to Mike Vrabel and company to be ready to anticipate these strategic moves and to solve some of the issues that allowed Jacksonville to storm back last weekend. And for outside linebacker Vic Beasley to make an impact in what should be his debut as a Titan. The Titans may simply be too good and mentally tough, a reflection of Vrabel's leadership, to get caught off guard by this Vikings team. But that doesn't mean that fans shouldn't always expect the best from their opponents from here on out, especially if the Titans keep winning. Tennessee opened as a pick'em against Minnesota, but enters the weekend as a two-and-a-half-point favorite after a week of action poured in on the Titans. Your Thursday practice update includes Johnny Smith and Dennis Kelly both returning as full participants, as well as Vic Beasley and Darrington Evans. Both Chris Jackson and Malcolm Butler returned but were limited. A.J. Brown, Derek Roberson, and Jonathan Joseph all missed practice on Thursday. Wrapping up today with some quick hitters, the Tennessee Volunteers announced on Thursday that head coach Jeremy Pruitt has been given a contract extension through 2025. The terms of the extension include a paycheck of $3.8 million in 2020 and an increase to $4.2 million beginning in 2021. He is 13-12 as the Vols head football coach, but does have the second longest active winning streak in college football at six games and has proven recruiting chops at the SEC level. That said, This is called conducting business in college football. These contract extensions aren't really worth the paper they are printed on and are largely just tools used to sell stability on the recruiting trail. I would not get too worked up about it one way or the other, at least not until after we see what the Vols look like on Saturday night against South Carolina. Nashville SC will face Houston on Saturday at 2.30 at Nissan Stadium with a chance to continue its run at an MLS Cup playoff spot following the 1-0 victory over D.C. United on Wednesday evening. In the meantime, the club has announced on Thursday that its multi-million dollar training complex will be located at Century Farms in Antioch. The 15-acre complex will basically be located across the street from the Fort Ice Center and will house the team's three full-size training fields and state-of-the-art sports facility for the club's team and staff. The Nashville Predators re-signed Yakov Trenin to a two-year one-way contract worth $1.45 million. The 23-year-old forward who made his debut for the Preds last year will make $700,000 in his first year and $750,000 in the second. This is a smart move for the Nashville Predators as the squad will need to find some affordable, productive pieces to pair with their very expensive top-line players next season. On a personal note, I would like to thank everyone who has checked out this show this week. The response has been absolutely overwhelming and i could not be more grateful to be doing this whole thing in a town like this with people like you listening and supporting us Uh, so thank you please stick with me Uh, and you guessed it rate review and subscribe please enjoy the weekend of action this has been the 440 for friday september 25th the 440 is a production of 440 media llc written and produced by Braden gall music by william tyler